Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Romans chapter 11 today, and the subject that we're going to discuss in this session is Israel, my beloved. You know, there is a segment of the church that believes that the church has replaced Israel and that God has judged the nation of Israel and God is through with that nation. But not only is that not true, it is also not scriptural. And I do not understand why people try to um, interpret the scripture in light of what they believe concerning the destruction and doing away with the nation of Israel when throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's hand is on that nation and he will bring that nation through great controversy and that nation will be glorified during the millennium and forward into the eternal state. And so this is what we're going to be talking about And we'll be in Romans chapter 11, and we'll be in other uh, chapters in the Old Testament. But before we begin, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your promises that you've made to the nation of Israel, and how through Israel, Lord, you reached out to us, the Gentile nations. And out of these nations, you have brought forth a great people. And we praise you for that, and we thank you for that. Now, Lord, enlighten us. According to your word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, let's begin. Has Israel or has God forsaken and given up on the nation of Israel? Well, Paul in Romans chapter 11 says, no way. Listen to what he writes. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. No. Israel Some say it's beyond redemption because they rejected their Messiah, Jesus. But that is not the case. Paul said this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. So we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God... Through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, shed his blood on Calvary for all men, Jew and Gentile alike. Now, listen to what else Paul writes concerning uh, the nation of Israel. In Romans chapter 11, beginning in verse 2, God has not cast away his people which he foreknew. Now, how can we get any simpler than that? How can we get any plainer? How can Paul get any plainer than that? How can the scriptures be so clear that people will be so fooled to think that God is through with the nation of Israel and that uh, the, the church has replaced Israel? That is simply not true. Now, Paul goes on and he says this, uh, Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he makes intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and decimated your altars, and I am left alone and they seek my life. But what did God answer him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal that have not kissed his hand. 7,000 here is symbolic of a great multitude. There are hundreds of thousands of Jews who have accepted Jesus as their Messiah. 
Has God replaced them? Absolutely not. Is God through with them? Absolutely not. This nation is the center of God's plan of redemption, not just for the nation, but for the entire world. And so then Paul writes, even so then at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now, what is the election of grace? Simply this, it's grace in every way. And if it's not grace in every way, then it's not grace any longer. It's a works salvation that God will not accept. God's choice is through his grace. And it's independent of man's work. This is the stumbling stone that caused Israel to stumble. God chose Israel and poured his blessing and favor under this tiny nation. And we know that no other nation upon earth is beloved in God other than Israel. And, of course, the church. Amen. There is an Israel. It's called the Israel of God. It's called all saved Jews, all saved Gentiles, all coming under one head, and that head is Christ. Amen. But God made promises to Abraham and to the nation of Israel concerning the land, the land of promise. And that is an everlasting covenant. Israel will be saved in the end. We know that from the Old Testament. We also know that from the New Testament. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 32, Paul says this, give none offense. What does that mean? It means don't cause anyone to stumble, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Now, what does Paul mean by that? Well, he means this that a Jew cannot be a Gentile. A Gentile cannot be a Jew. Different races, they can't be one, they can't be the other. But both Jew and Gentile can be part of the church of God. And that comes through the new birth. It's like this. Someone can be a Presbyterian. Well, he may choose to be a Baptist. Someone who was uh, born a Methodist, he may choose to become Episcopalian. Someone who's a charismatic may choose to become an Anglican. And so does that bother God? No. God really, to me, doesn't particularly care which denomination a believer goes to. What he does care about is whether or not that individual church member is born again. You can be a born-again Presbyterian. You can be a born-again Baptist. You can be a born-again Methodist. You can be a born-again Episcopalian. You can be a born-again Charismatic. All of these that are born again, they make up the church of God. Now, if a Presbyterian is, is not saved, he's not part of the church of God. If a Baptist is not, calls himself a Baptist and he's not saved, he's not part of the church of God. You know, a person may be a Methodist, but if he's not saved, he's not part of the church of God. And just being a Methodist doesn't mean that a person is going to go to heaven. Just because a person calls himself charismatic doesn't mean he's going to heaven. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You must be born again. 
And in the same way, a Jew, he may be a Sephardic Jew, he may be a Hasidic Jew, he may be Ashkenazi, he may be Orthodox, he may be conservative, he may be Reformed. Just because they're part of a certain sect of the Jewish nation doesn't mean that they're part of the Church of God. None of these sects guarantee salvation? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The only person that Jesus recognizes is a Jew or a Gentile that is saved and born again. And we'll see this as we go along. Now, Paul said this in Romans chapter 2. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And the circumcision is that which is of the heart by the Holy Spirit and not by the letter of the law. And his praise is not from men, but from God. It is the Holy Spirit personally present in a human being, whether Jew or Gentile, bringing that person to salvation is what makes him or her a part of the church of God. It's not pedigree. It's not circumcision of the flesh. It's not being part of a Christian family. There are many young people that have been part of the Christian family that have been raised in church, but they're not born again. They think just because their family was a Christian, they're a Christian. Well, that is in name only. That is not in spirit. Now, let's look at what else Paul says here. And if by grace, this is still in Romans chapter 11, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. God has done this entire plan based upon uh, his, his grace, his unmerited favor. Praise God. Hallelujah. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel has not obtained that which he sought, but the election hath attained it. That's every saved Jew and every saved Gentile. And the rest were blinded. Now, Paul here is talking about the nation of Israel, how they have rejected Christ and they've rejected the gospel. Verse 8 says, according as it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Why did God do that? God did that because of their gross unbelief. And David said, verse 9, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. See, that's a judgment against the unbeliever, this obstinate unbelief. Remember the parable of the sower and the seed, how the, the, the seed was sown by the wayside. Those that hear the word and Satan comes immediately and takes the word out of their heart. Well, the re what gives Satan the, the right to do that is because wayside soil, those that have heard the word reject it immediately. There's no room in their heart for it. They poo-poo the gospel. They reject it. They resist it. They work against it. This is exactly what the Jews in the days of Jesus did. 
So we see here that Israel sought salvation through the works of the law. They thought that by being good enough, they could earn right standing with God. Well, that the scripture proves that is not so. Many Jews think that just because they're a descendant of Abraham, that's all that's required of them, that they're saved, they're part of the nation of Israel, and they're going to heaven. No, no, sir. No, sir. Jesus is their Messiah. If they rejected him, then the word says that God will reject them. And it is in the book of Acts that reminds us over and over and over again that there were thousands of Jews in Paul's day that had accepted Jesus as their Messiah and King. James, the, the leader of the church at Jerusalem, said, he says, notice what he said. He says, see how many thousands of Jews there are which continue to follow the Jewish, which have received Christ, but continue to follow the Jewish traditions and the customs. As long as these Jewish traditions and customs are a consecration and not a means of righteousness, then God accepts that. You may be a Methodist and you may be fully involved in the tradition of the Methodist church. That's fine if you do that as a consecration. But if you do that as a means or a way to get into heaven, like one woman told me, one Catholic woman told me, she took in some orphan child and said, and this is the way that I'm going to get to heaven. No, ma'am, absolutely not. Grace, if you combine it with works, does not mean grace any longer. Grace without works. For by grace are we saved through faith and that and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of our works of righteousness, but according to his mercy, God saved us. Amen. Praise God. So in Romans chapter 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should not, that they should fall? God forbid. No, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, through Christ now, Israel rejected the Messiah. God then cut them off temporarily and went to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles by the millions embraced Christ as Savior. Once again, verse 12. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? And it's true. I mean, Scripture bears it out that Israel stumbled at the stumbling stone. That stumbling stone was Christ. But this was a temporary fall. God set them aside and opened the door wide to, to the gospel to the Gentiles. We see that in Acts chapter 10. And before that, even in Acts chapter uh, chapter 8, when Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, they were not Jews. But yet God worked wonderful miracles through the hands of Philip. So their temporary fall has brought millions of Gentiles to faith in the Lord. Now, just think how rich the Gentile world has become 
by those who are saved entering into the church of God through Christ Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. The church has a tremendous beneficial impact upon the world throughout the ages. So if the church did that, just think how much greater a blessing it's going to be when Israel comes to Christ as a nation. Verse 13 says, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation or envy them which are my flesh and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? We're talking about a resurrection, resurrected Israel here. For if the, if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches are broken off and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in, speaking of the Gentiles, we were the wild olive tree that was grafted into the vine and uh, grafted in among them and with them. Notice that grafted in among them. Um, who among who? The, the, the branches. Israel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. No, they weren't cut out through all eternity. They were temporarily broken off. That generation that rejected Christ was broken off. Once again, we, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and with them partake of the root and fatness of the olive tree, talking about saved Jews, saved Gentiles. Boast not against the branches, but if you do boast, you bear not the root, but the root thee, speaking now to the Gentiles. Will you say then the branches were broken off that I may grafted in? Well, yeah. They were broken off because of unbelief. And you were grafted in by faith. And then Paul says this in verse 20, Be not high-minded, but fear, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed that he also spare not thee. That is so true. Now, what does Paul say concerning the new birth, the entrance into the church of God? He says, therefore... If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. Speaking of saved Jew and saved Gentile. What the church fails to understand is that the first part of the of the church from the resurrection of Christ was primarily Jews. All of the disciples of Christ were Jews. Every one of them. I tell you, the, the Jewish nation has a rich heritage in Christ Jesus. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, talking about the Gentile world, not counting their trespasses against them. Oh, I tell you, if you're a sinner today and you're listening to this broadcast, and you haven't once asked Christ to come into your heart and life. Uh, stop being, stop living, stop living a foolish life. And understand this, that the trespasses that you have committed 
from the time that you were a child until present, they have already been accounted for through Christ. They were nailed to Christ on the tree. He is reconciling and he has through Christ has reconciled you, but it's not going to be any uh, benefit to you if the Holy Spirit doesn't make it real to your heart. So that's what I'm praying in this broadcast, that the Holy Spirit will take the word of God and make it real into your heart. So you realize that it's through him that you have eternal life, not through your good works. You may think you're a pretty good person. Well, uh, on the outside, you may be, but that's not going to get you saved. That's not going to get you born again. You have to come to the to the realization that you're a sinner, that you're without Christ, Christless, that you're without hope, hopeless. And the only rescue is through the precious blood of Christ that he sacrificed for you on the cross. He took your sins and placed them on the tree. So God has judged all men guilty so that he could turn around then and have mercy upon all. Notice once again, verse 28, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye some and sometimes past have not believed God, yet now have obtained mercy because of their unbelief, God turned to the Gentile nations so that out of the Gentile nations he may pull out of them a people for himself. For as in times past ye have not believed God, yet now obtain mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. Speaking once again of the Jews that are going to come to Christ. Amen. It'll be at the very end, but nation, the Israel as a nation shall be saved. For God has concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. So we see here that the severity of the punishment of God was toward the nation of Israel and they were cut off. But the Gentile world, when God turned the gospel towards it, they came to Christ. They were shown the goodness of their faith in him. Hallelujah. And they were saved. Why? Because they came to God with faith and nothing. Faith plus nothing. That's the root of the gospel. We come to Christ with empty hands. And the same Messiah that Israel rejected is the same Messiah that grafted us into his family, into the church of God. Every believing Gentile and every believing Jew. So God judged all, Jew and Gentile alike, that they all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, in the same manner, because all have sinned, then God through Christ determined that he was going to have mercy upon all, and he did that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. We trace our spiritual lineage, every one of us, today, in this current year, Every born-again child of God traces its lineage back to Calvary and the cross of Christ. That's where our life began. That's where our life began 
nailed at the cross, Christ as our uh, as our savior, receiving him, coming to him by faith with empty hands, nothing to offer him, but just receiving of God's great, great mercy. And so God concluded that all are guilty because of unbelief. But see, in his goodness and in his mercy, he judged us as worthy of receiving his mercy. And so he extended his mercy to all of us. So now Jew and Gentile are all one in Christ Jesus. And he, Christ, now has become our Messiah and our Savior. And I love Ephesians chapter two. It says, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace and has made both one, both Jew and Gentile, one in the church of God and has broken down the middle wall of petition between us. Praise God. Hallelujah. God did this. God did this. His immeasurable grace. Oh, the depth of the riches of God. Hallelujah. So God is building his church and it's made up of Jew and Gentile. And God will save Israel as a nation and Israel will go into the millennium and the government will be in Jerusalem with Christ at the head. Hallelujah. So there is a future glory of Israel and there is a future glory of the saints. Praise God. Father, we thank you today for the restoration of the human race through the precious blood of Jesus and the restoration of the nation of Israel, Lord, the apple of your eye. And we give you praise and honor and glory for that, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rb. TC86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life.